Welcome to Freedom Matters Today, equipping you to fight misinformation with the truth. I am Michael J. Sutton, and this is part four of week eight in our series Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. The theme for this week is overcoming mass formation psychosis by rediscovering the real Jesus. The title for today's podcast is Christian Fascists Do Not Follow Jesus Christ. Christian fascists do not follow Jesus Christ. The old fascists focus on self-effort. The new fascists blame the problems of society on minorities. Both factions exclude the grace and mercy of God found in Jesus Christ. Both recruit actively outside the Christian faith. This suggests that they are not genuine Christian movements. Christian fascists are the mirror of the various political philosophies of the day. In society, there are different political groups, such as left or right wing. The Christian church has simply adopted these visions for society. The church has become a home for the expression of these views. The church has become a political office. I have said before that God presents Jesus to us on an unconditional basis. Faith being the only prerequisite. There is no point in claiming that we find salvation by faith if there is no faith to begin with. God does not give us salvation anonymously or without our knowledge. God does not trick us into faith. Our faith is not a mystery to ponder, but a reality to cherish. God does not bring us into faith without our awareness or knowledge. There is no mystery to faith. The mystery is the love and mercy of God. When we do come to faith, we follow Jesus regardless of who we are. It is our common calling. Rich and poor, Jew or non-Jew, slave or free, all are called to follow Jesus. Politics among Christians must converge in the wonderful reality of faith. Regardless of one's political views or affiliations, we are bound together in Christ. Christian fellowship, love and faith draw us together. The Spirit of God brings fellowship across cultures, ethnicities and backgrounds, regardless of politics. The rest is irrelevant. These days there is enmity between the government of Ukraine and Russia. There is a civil war, a blood feud if you like, that has history. Those kinds of conflicts always do. There need not be enmity between Ukrainian Christians and Russian Christians. If there is, Christ is not present in the lives of those people. I don't care how many times you go to church, or how many sermons you give, or how important you are. In the Pacific War, Japanese Christians suffered in the West. During the Japan-China War of 1937-1945, Christians on both sides suffered. Many Australian Christians still hate Japanese people for what the Imperial Army did in the 1940s. This enmity, my friends, is a sin. You cannot hold everyone in a nation responsible for the actions of the government, the army or past generations. Christian fascists do not follow Jesus because they allow war to divide the faithful. Sadly, Christian fascists do not follow Jesus. 
There are two approaches to Christian fascism in the church today. I would call them the traditional and the reformist movements. You could also call them the liberal or evangelical movements. They hate each other and they fight among themselves for power and money. These groups are basically the same. They fulfill the criteria for Christian fascists I mentioned last week. They hate each other, they are loyal to the state, and they fight amongst themselves over their vision for the church. The traditional faction is dying out. Many of the old fascists are too tired and weary. That is what self-effort does. It kills you slowly. People die with a smile on their face as they did their best. Their influence is waning through decay. The new fascists from the evangelical faction have taken pride of place. These guys have given up the gospel and they want moral reform. They are excited about the new public morality. This is an extension of their belief that God welcomes everyone except certain groups of people. In COVID hysteria, evangelicalism merged with Christian fascism. This has been a long time coming, ever since they gave up on Christ and embraced morality. Let us look at each of them. The traditional Christian fascist places an emphasis on what we need to do to meet God's moral standard of perfection. This is the heart of religion, self-effort. We make ourselves right with God. Most Christian fascists place emphasis on us doing the work of salvation and trying our best. No one attains perfection. They shoot the wounded, condemn the doubters and expel the critics. The Ten Commandments, or variations of it, are the heart of this form of Christian fascism. The Moral Code, or versions of it, are the grounds for our becoming right with God. This version of Christian fascism is not Christianity. People listening to Jesus once asked him what they needed to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said that the only work required was to believe or to trust in the one the Father sent into the world. John chapter 6, verse 23. Paul says that when we turn to God in faith, the veil of Moses is lifted. 2 Corinthians 3.16 The veil is lifted, and we see Moses and the law in an entirely different light, realizing that the law leads to death, and the Spirit leads to life. In fact, most people think that obedience to the law brings life, but it is the ministry of death, so that the law leads to death, but the Spirit brings life, and that life is the righteousness of Christ that we receive by faith. Jesus makes no preconditions for coming to faith. Anyone can, and anyone is accepted. At the beginning of his friendship with Peter, Jesus said to him these words, Follow me. And when Jesus met Peter after the resurrection on the beach, after their breakfast of fish and bread, did Jesus have a new role for Peter? No. He simply said, Follow me. Those whom he knows, he also asks the same of us, nothing more. If you follow Jesus, then you know him because it is not possible to follow him if you do not. 
The evangelicals who are Christian fascists are the same as their liberal counterparts, except they are engaged in the engaged in the culture war, along all the famous key points such as abortion, family values, and gender identity. These fascists in the evangelical camp also do not follow Jesus. These days, the target for Christian fascists are those people who are in minorities, who approach gender differently, and so this verse is sometimes used to condemn them and their gender identity. I'd like to talk about their approach to gendered minorities. These Christian fascists would say that only certain genders can find faith in Christ, that certain people are excluded by virtue of their self-described identity. In other words, Gay, transgendered, and other minorities are excluded from the grace and mercy of God. They are all to repent of their ways as a precondition of faith. That is how it is presented. There are two things to say here. First, it is a strange way to approach the grace and mercy of God, placing preconditions on faith. It would have been a strange choice for Jesus too. He believed that there was no there were no preconditions for faith among any of his disciples or any he encountered in the world. Simply to believe in the one the Father has sent into the world, that is to place one's trust in Jesus, that he is who he said he is and that he was in fact from God. John 14.6 is about the identity of Jesus, not our identity. When Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is speaking about himself. In fact, Christianity is not about our identity at all. It's all about the identity of Jesus Christ and our identification with him, his person, his work, his presence. To all people who come to faith, regardless of gender, Jesus says to them, and he might say to you and to us, come Follow me. We are to follow Jesus, and we are all his disciples. Second, some of the staunchest opponents of homosexuals and transgender people are themselves amongst the minorities they so convincingly condemn for being outside the grace and mercy of God. They condemn people made in God's image. Their fear is that they must to cover up their own sexual identity. If they do not condemn, they might out themselves. In fact, there are many, many secret homosexuals in the Christian church, often living in fear. In the Christian church, the strongest voices against sexual minorities are often from a place of fear that they are also among the ranks of the very people they condemn. Christian fascists, whether they are in the old or new faction, do not follow Jesus. The real Jesus, the one we need to rediscover, is the one who is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus says to all who believe in him, follow me. Remember, our following of Jesus is our individual journey with him. It is not someone else's. It is not our parents or our friends or our spouses but it is our own. Peter, after the resurrection, after that breakfast on the beach with the other disciples and Jesus, he was upset. 
because Jesus didn't explain to him what John, the apostle, was going to do. Jesus rebuked Peter and said to him basically these words. John's journey is not yours. It is his. And it is quite frankly not your concern. As for you, follow me. As Christians we follow Jesus. We do so as the Spirit leads us on the paths God has set out for us. All our paths are different, but we follow the same Lord who lived and died for us. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Freedom Matters Today seeks to understand freedom from a Christian perspective. Our themes are freedom from fascism and tyranny, freedom from fear and despair, freedom from guilt and shame, freedom from sin and death, and freedom from past and prejudice. You can read today's podcast on our blog at freedommatterstoday.com or listen to all the earlier episodes of Freedom from Fascism. Please subscribe and tell your friends. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom Matters Today.